A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. We're sharing family farm stories from across Wisconsin that are celebrating 100 or 150 years of farming on the same land. I'm Stephanie Hoff with the Midwest Farm Report. These farms are recognized during the Wisconsin State Fair. One family is coming from Price County. For Joe Vandervoort's family farm, the cows left in the 1980s, but he brought them back in the 2000s. Joe is the fourth generation on the 80-acre Centennial Farm. And in order to continue the farm's legacy as a dairy, he's starting to think about adding milk processing or a retail store to the operation for the fifth generation. He tells me about his plans for the farm's future. But first, we go back in time to how his family acquired the farm in 1899. My great-grandpa bought it from the railroad. He started out basically he was logging to at times, and he uh, must have met my great-grandma just down the road, and they got married. And they had several kids, and he passed on to his, I believe, the youngest son, Peter, which would have been my grandfather. My grandpa, Pete, and Grandma Ann, they passed it on to my mom and dad back in 1981. And then I got it from my dad uh, back in September 2015 here. What was it when they first acquired the 80 acres? What did they farm? Back then, I think it was just whatever whatever fed your family, basically. I'm sure there were horses here, too, but, you know, probably a couple cows and animals. I'm sure there's probably chickens and stuff, too, just basically anything for yourself. I do know there was a field that was about a five-acre field that they always kind of grew potatoes in. Um, the potato picker my dad has, I'd like to get that home, too. Um, so that's still around. But, yeah, it grew potatoes and had sold them at a local store in town. My great-grandfather was also a blacksmith. There used to be a blacksmith shop in the front yard, which I never knew. But anytime you do any digging out there, there's always metal on the ground there. Basically, yeah, that was some of the things that they had to do to survive, too. So then how did that change when your grandparents took it over? I suppose at that time, well, we got to go back a little bit, too. There was a cheese factory just up the hill from us, and it was actually on one acre of our land that my great-grandpa, John, had like leased to the cheese factory. So I'm speculating here a little bit too. That's what Pete and Ann, they kind of got into the dairy being that the cheese factory was right there. I mean, why not? I mean, he had the land too to go with it. So yeah, that's where I think they kind of, I think the dairy was here, but it kind of, you know, took another step with them coming into it too. So they may have expanded on the dairy a little bit because of the cheese plant. Okay. What about your parents then? When it moved on to the third generation, um, how did the farm change? Really, I don't think it changed a whole lot then. I think they had kind of grown enough where they they, they probably took it a little step farther, grew it a little bit too, but then they they had quit milking back in 85. So I would have been like between two and three at the time. And I do remember the cheese factory running up there because we would go up there and check it out every so often. Um, And that cheese factory actually went out in 88. So uh, that was, you know, in some ways kind of sad, too. You know, being that you're pretty young, you really didn't know that. But, but yeah, my parents had quit back in 85, and I guess my uncle lived not too far, so we kind of always farmed with him a little bit as we grew up, too, and kind of got, I don't know, just 
one of those things that was in engraved India. That's what you wanted to do. And same thing with my wife. She grew up on a farm and that's what she wanted to do. And we got together and we're like, we're going to start this all over again and kind of keep it going, hopefully. What is the farm today? Yeah, we milk about just about 50 cows right around there. Um, we probably run between 100 and 120 head right now. Uh, got a lot of heifers coming up too. So we still farm the 80 acres here. Um, actually, it's about 40 open, 40 woods. Um, but we basically grow grass, clover, um, corn. We really don't go too far out, don't get into beans or kind of quit doing oats years ago already. Just one of those that were always kind of chased and never never could do a good crop of that around here anymore. So we just basically we do anything what we need to feed the animals. Um, and between my wife and four kids and myself, when I around, I'm kind of in and out of the barns, but they do a lot of the chores. I kind of run around and make sure everybody's fed, check on the pastures, check on the fields. So I'm kind of the run around guy. It's pretty incredible, Joe, that more than a hundred years ago, they brought cows onto the land and now you have brought cows back onto the land. So the barns were were still there. Are they original buildings? They're not original. The original barn had burnt, I would believe, in like, I'm going to say 57 or 58, because the barn that is here was built in 59. And my dad always talked about all the kids in his family at the time during the summer would go help an aunt and uncle that didn't have any kids down by Ogama area. And basically, they got a letter saying to send, bring the kids home, the barn burnt. So that would have... I don't know. You try to imagine that one too, I guess, where you get a letter. It's not a phone call back then saying that. And basically, yeah, their aunt and uncle said, well, pack up kids. We got to take you home. Your barn's gone. So, and just think, you know, you probably had your summer feed maybe at that time made and here it's burnt. I mean, what do you do then? My dad had talked about how basically they got the walls built that fall and basically had the ceiling or the floor for the haymow laid but no roof yet. So all winter it snowed, and in the spring it was leaking through because the snow would be melting. He described how all that sucked. <laughs> the house, the original house is gone too. I do remember it when I was a little kid. It was basically all back of the house that we live in right now, and it was basically fallen in, and I know my parents had cleaned it up and had it all bulldozed and buried underground. There used to be a shed out back that at the same time, was taken care of that way, too. Um, the house we do live in, it was an old schoolhouse, moved about four miles back in 1956. It was Farview School was the name of it. It was right on the corner of Fairview and Liberty. And uh, so basically, yeah, they, they lifted it, put it on a wagon, and dragged it here four miles, going up and down hills. So they had a neighbor with a bulldozer. Depending which way you're going on the hill, either pulling it up or getting behind it and, you know, creeping it down. Um, neighbors had talked about how they had to cut power lines to get the, across the road so the house could get through. And basically they had a foundation here ready for it. So when they got it here, they were able to roll it back on and, and kind of start remodeling. So that's the house you live in today? Yep, yep. Did any of your family members go to school there? No, actually, this would have, we had a school that's actually about a mile from here. That's where my my uh, aunts and uncles would have started going to school. And then kind of that's about the time when transition made from these schoolhouses 
the kind of public school. So a lot of these schoolhouses kind of just started dropping by the wayside where my dad had and uncles and aunts had went to this Johnston school, which is just, like I said, a mile away. Um, and then when that kind of went away, then they started going to school in Catawba. And uh, next thing, Kenan and Catawba, I kind of think were kind of together. And then they kind of got taken up with Phillips down the road. But no, none of them went to that, the Farview school. Was the milking technology, were you able to reuse any of that from the 80s to no. your current dairy? That was pretty much gone. We had kind of gutted that out a long time ago. And what my parents had, they had a step saver back then. So they had the vacuum pump, which that was all locked up and not worth saving. We had gotten rid of that a long time ago too. But no, what we ended up doing is we built basically a new barn with 12 milking stalls. So it's basically like a flat barn parlor. And a lot of used stuff. I mean, we had bought a used pipeline and made that work, um, bought a used tank. Um, so basically it's like a new barn with a lot of used parts too. Uh, in that barn, we also have 20 calf stalls because everything is right there where you can feed the calf, you can clean everything. We've got the hot water and everything right there too. But we've made it work so far and we just need a lot more concrete down the road to hopefully get us a little more solid foundation rather than working in some mud. So you mentioned the possibility of maybe doing your own processing. Is that what you told me? Yeah, that's we're we're, we're thinking about it. We got to do some looking into and do some researching. I do have a spot in mind where if we do it, it wouldn't be here on the farm because I thought we're not too far from the highway, and there used to be a good stop on the highway years ago. And I thought if a guy could somehow buy that up and maybe set something there and turn it kind of into an all-purpose like farm store type of a thing where you could sell any dairy supply um, uh, between meats and cheeses, bakery goods too, maybe down the road. Just It's one of those things that's going to probably evolve if you can get a customer base started too. You have another generation that may be willing to pick it back up and then the beginnings of an expansion plan too, it sounds like. Yeah, and first of all, it's got to make sure who's all interested, I guess. you got four kids and if they're all interested... And right now they're young. We have twin boys that are 10, two daughters, one is nine and one is seven. But yeah, if we can, if we get get them all interested, we got to do something because I don't want to grow into some like 2000 college dairy operation. I'd rather, I'd rather do something a little different than to go big one way. I'd rather kind of do something more spread universal or they all have a piece of the pie, but yet they, they're going to all have to work together to make that work too. So, Joe, another thing I like to ask during these interviews is if you have any fond memories, that, or, or maybe maybe they're not fond memories, but maybe lessons learned <laughs> growing up on the farm, and anything that stands out to you that you want to share with our audience? As I grew up, we worked all the time. Maybe we didn't hit milk cows here. We had beef animals, but I had my uncle's farm, which was another family farm, but from my grandma's side of the family also. So we did a lot of stuff over there, too. Not that we worked, worked all the time. We did play, too. But I guess I always enjoyed working, and I think that was kind of driven into me. And I think that's the big the big thing is you, you work before you play, and that's what we were always taught and raised to do. Is there anything else, Joe, that you wanted people to know about your family's Centennial Farm? I think about the history here a lot, and uh Think about how there used to be a cheese factory up the road and uh, how that's gone. And like, you know, these schools too, where we got, we actually live in a schoolhouse that was moved here. And you just think about uh, 
all the uh, everything that had to be done by hand back then. I mean, we got machines that make things a lot easier nowadays. And you look back, at, you know, how they moved this house here. You know, it wasn't as easy as it is today where you have cranes that do this. And then you got neighbors and friends and that help you out too. But And even today, that's why I really enjoy living here is we got good neighbors. We got good friends. Um, just yesterday alone, uh, I had neighbors helping me uh, bale hay before the rain. So it just, it goes to show you, I mean, how good of an area we live in. We're talking with Joe Vandervoort, the fourth generation on his family's Centennial Farm in Price County. Today, the farm is once again a dairy. The cows certainly honor the history of the farm, but also give Joe and his family a chance to continue the legacy. While his four kids have quite a few years before taking over, Joe is starting to research how to add milk processing or a retail store to the family business for that next generation. You can find more stories like this at MidwestFarmReport.com. These stories are brought to you courtesy of Compere Financial. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.